rest in and of itself can be quote unquote productive. <laughs> it's, it's an act of resistance, you know, unlearning kind of the messaging we have around so much doing and efforting and what, how we define success and all of that. Welcome to the Mentally Shredded Podcast. I'm your host, Christopher Whedon. Having lived through the lows of depression and anxiety myself, I reestablished my foundation by focusing on four pillars, mental, physical, spiritual, and financial well-being, and I'm here to help you do the same. My guests and I will share our journey with you, stories of triumph, and personal development tools to empower you to live a life without limits. As ambitious people, we know what it's like to face challenges. We're not meant to do this life alone. I'm here to help you take your power back. What's up, guys? This is the Mentally Shredded Podcast. I'm your host, Christopher Whedon. And today's guest is Juliette Kuhnley. She is a speaker, author, and psychotherapist who runs her own practice. I'm excited to share her story and her journey with you all today. How are you doing, Juliet? I'm doing okay. You know, when you ask a therapist that, we should give you the the, the correct, the real answer. <laughs> so I'm not awesome. I'm truly just kind of doing okay. And, and we can peel back those layers if you want, but I am very excited to connect with you and be here. Yes. Well, thank you again for being here, despite not feeling <laughs> your absolute best. And we all have those days. And honestly, I'm glad that this episode started off like that because right. that is the most genuine, the most authentic that we can just start an episode off with. Yeah. And I'm even more excited than I was before <laughs> we started. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's part of my whole thing is, is the, how are you really, you know, we've been so conditioned to just have the, I'm good. How are you? And it's like, mm -hmm. no, like often I'm really not. And, but there's not like the time or the space or the safety to dive into it. But, but we have that today. Yes. Yes. My automatic response is when, when people say, Hey, Chris, how are you? I say living the dream. Mm. And I had to learn how to start using that response specifically because I knew I wasn't in a place where I was living my yeah. dream. And I knew at some point, if I said it enough, if I believed it enough, if mm. I did the work, there would come a time where I was actually doing exactly what I said I wanted to be doing, mm -hmm. living the life that I wanted to be living and surrounded by the people I wanted to be surrounded by. And so the more I say that, the more I believe it, and the more things continue to fall into place. Mm -hmm. And so that is my automatic response, not telling people that's what they should say, but right. I've learned a lot from responding like that. Yeah. For you, it sounds like it kind of helps manifest it, right? Like, mm -hmm. yeah, I'm going to step into that. And, and it also just creates some more intentionality around it. If you're going to say it, you're going to look for it. Yeah, you're going to create absolutely. some action around it. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, let's dive into, you know, your background a little bit. We obviously touched on, you know, you are a counselor, you are a psychotherapist. Mm -hmm. How did this come to be? You know, what, what made you say, this is how I want to serve? Yeah. So one of my other lines is, is that I've been on both sides of the couch. So I was a client first as a pretty young kiddo around eight or 10 years old, and then kind of off and on 
since then till I was pretty consistent as an adult. But so I knew early on the power of, of having a true, genuine connection with a therapist. I remember in high school shadowing psychiatrists and I just kind of knew pretty early on that that was what I felt called to do. And it's incredibly rewarding and fulfilling and also hella hard. (laughs) And that's part of kind of where I am emotionally and mentally this past few weeks. It's just, it comes in these waves sometimes where I can be pretty good at compartmentalizing for the most part and not carrying stuff home and taking care of myself well. And then there are times where, you know, the stories are just so heavy or, or my reserves are low. And so it it seeps in. And so that's kind of part of my funk or actual like depressive episode right now is just wearing it. But I know that that's part of it because I'm an empath and because I truly care. It's not just a job. So I, I sometimes throw maybe too much of myself into it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, I think the fact that you are able to feel exactly what your, your patients or your clients are, mm-hmm. are growing through. I always say mm-hmm. growing, not going. It does allow you to connect with them at a different or deeper level. Yeah. I have a few friends that are empaths learning how to take that, receive it, and then not embrace it as your own yeah. is the hardest step. Right. And I think if we can unpack that a little bit, Mm-hmm. What are some ways that you are working on kind of being able mm-hmm. to to sit there in that space because you are taking a lot on, right? This this work is not yeah. easy and we understand that. But how do you take yeah. it on and not wear it as your own baggage? Yeah. I'll tell you kind of what the ideal setup mm-hmm. is and then probably how it it seeped in this time a little more aggressively than usual. Because I I think it's important to know too that like I wear a lot of different hats. So, and I'm also a doer. I don't know if you know anything about the Enneagram, but I am very much, um, I lead with a three, you know, the achiever. I'm a doer. Okay. Uh An efforter. And I am trying so hard to unlearn so much of that. But regardless, I wear a lot of hats. So, you know, group practice owner, therapist, supervisor, writer, speaker, but also mom to two young girls, wife, you know, there's just, there's a lot. So ideally I have over time figured out how to achieve pretty decent balance with all of those things, which doesn't always mean like 50, 50 work life or whatever, but it means that I've figured out how to prioritize what I value. That's what yeah, balance is yeah. to me is being very values aligned and over time, you know, it, it, it all evens out. So that's kind of the ideal setup is having that balance leading with those values and practicing a, can I cuss? Cause I, sure. Okay. Let it, uh, let so it go. Look. Okay. Practicing a shit ton of self-care is what I was going to say. I have a lot of proactive self-care in place and it has been a very watered down buzzword self-care, but it is absolutely non-negotiable. So I've got a lot of that in place. So usually that's that keeps me pretty balanced. This most recently, I think what's kind of gotten me off kilter is just this is a new season of life. My my kids, my oldest is kind of into this tween stage, which I'm just like, 
wholly not prepared. (laughs) And so my reserves are just definitely lower. I did not really plan for that transition into summer as well as I could have. And just again, like I mentioned before, the client stuff has just been really heavy. World stuff is just really heavy. So I find myself completely impacted by news (laughs) and politics. And when all of that stuff starts to seep in too much is when I just kind of lose control. (laughs) And then I I lose sight of even the self-care things that are typically helpful for me. Yeah. So I'm trying even in my self-care to not be as quote unquote productive. I'm trying to do like more yoga to calm my nervous system rather than like the Peloton that I normally do to flush it out, but actually revs me up. Right. So just being a little more attuned to that kind of stuff. And I, I love, cause I'm hearing self-awareness, self-awareness is so, it's so key to healing and to just in our journey of becoming, I think that's it just of becoming, yeah. right. We have to yeah. be self-aware of how we feel yep. in the moment. Right. I love, everyone knows I, I love working out. It is definitely an outlet for me. Mm-hmm. And I too have moments where I'm like, is today a five mile run day or is today, you know, a a stretch day? Is today a CrossFit day or is today a, Hey, I just want to go in by myself and do core and just think, right? Like, but I, I listen to, you know, my mind, how my body is feeling because there are days where I'm like a five mile run. What that means is there's a lot of stuff I need to process and I need to think through and no one can bother me when I'm on a run. You know, no, my phone's not ringing or anything. And so mm-hmm. it's just important to take that time to understand like what you need in that moment. I love that mm-hmm. yoga is an outlet because it yeah. allows you to, to slow down. You can't, you right. can't rush in yoga. Yeah. I, and I would say to that, that what comes to mind for me is yeah, the self-awareness obviously being sort of that first step, but sometimes I ignore it, you know? So the other part being giving myself the permission to listen to whatever that attunement is telling me. And that's, that's really hard for us because there's so much unlearning in that, like around things like rest, rest in and of itself can be quote unquote productive. (laughs) It's, it's an act of resistance, you know, unlearning kind of the messaging we have around so much doing and efforting and what, how we define success and all of that. So yeah, I have the awareness and it's just whether or not I give myself the permission to, to listen to it. How do you feel when you hear the word grace mm-hmm. in this moment? Mm-hmm. So that makes me think of self-compassion, which is also something I'm continually working on. It's imperative in a season that I'm in right now because I can get really negative in my self-talk and not give yeah. myself a lot of grace. I'm not sure if that's where you were going with it, but that's, that's what landed. <laughs> yeah, no, I love that. Looking for a consulting firm that can help your organization achieve its full potential? Look no further than Deck Leadership. With over 25 years of experience in NASCAR, founders Mike Metcalf and Sean Pete know what it takes to lead high-performing teams. They can help you uncover opportunities for diversity, efficiency, culture, and kindness, all while inspiring human brilliance. And if they can lead pit crews that can change four tires and fill 18 gallons of gas in less than 12 seconds, just imagine what they can do for your organization. Visit www.deckleadership.com for more information.
I talk every day about the importance of combating that negative self-talk because we are, we're human. We're, we're automatically mm-hmm. programmed to just, hey, just let negative come in because it's there. And mm-hmm. so how you go about combating that is practicing positive, writing mm-hmm. in your journal, speaking out loud affirmations, putting yourself in a place where you're not allowing the negative. Mm. So when the negative does come in, you're so programmed to to fight it back with a positive right away. And, and so that's my response now. Yeah. And I can feel when the energy starts to shift towards negative mm-hmm. and, and a thought comes in, I automatically right there in that moment, fight it. I will say something out loud or I'll write something that's positive because mm-hmm. where I'm going, I can't allow that to continue to creep in Mm-hmm. and seep in because then it begins to put cracks in my foundation. Mm-hmm. And when cracks are in the foundation, for me, that's when the anxiety comes on. That's when mm-hmm. the depression comes on. And so developing these tools, again, for me is what has allowed me to, hey, I know I need a solid foundation. I know I can't allow cracks in. And we're not perfect. I'm a human, right? Mm-hmm. And I still make decisions that the next day I'm like, man, why did I make that decision? You know, mm-hmm. um, but I'm learning mm-hmm. and I'm growing. And that's the, that's the beauty of it. You, you begin to embrace right. this journey and give yourself grace in moments where, Hey, you did fall short today, but that's okay. Mm-hmm. We're going to get up and we're going to fight back the next day. And we're not going to make that same decision. Right. And mm-hmm. so if, if I can help people in their journey, it would be to, understand how can you as the individual learn how to build a solid foundation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's the crux of the therapeutic work, work I try to do is the guarantee in life is, is hardships, right. And is the inevitability of discomfort. And so as best we can fill our toolboxes to help create that solid foundation you're talking about and shift our relationship to that discomfort too. I think that's incredibly important. It's absolutely necessary. And those are my, my tells usually about when my anxiety and depression are creeping in is when it's harder for me to combat negative thinking or make different choices. That's when I know that that stuff is, is ramping up a little bit. So being attuned again, that self-awareness being attuned Mm -hmm. to my body's cues, my mind's cues that like something's up here and then responding to that as best I can. That's the work. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Do you have just a habit or a a trigger that, you know, Mm -hmm. okay, if, if I start leaning into this, Mm -hmm. it's, it's pretty certain that my response is going to be X and I, and I have to avoid leaning into, mm. into this area because I mm-hmm. know for me, there are areas in my life where if I lean too far to the left and, mm-hmm. and sometimes too far to the right, right. And mm-hmm. that's going back to that balance. I can be swayed one way or the other and yeah. learning how to kind of live in that balance, if you mm-hmm. will, thinking of the heartbeat, how it's nice and steady right, right across the line. But if you have too many peaks and valleys, there's a problem. And so I'm learning that in my own life where I'm like, 
man, I'm just, I just need to not have the highs and the lows right now. I just need to kind of be even kill. Yeah. What comes to mind when you say that for me is that leaning too far one way is me saying yes too much. Mm. That's a huge tell or trigger to know. And again, that's about the doing. And so done a lot of practicing around, again, making sure yeses are values aligned, but also just knowing that saying no is an act of self-care. Even if something is values aligned, that I have to really check in about like my energy level, my, you know, the balance I talked about earlier and sometimes a no. So yeah, that's my, if I, I can lean too far into burnout. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's understanding as an, as, as a former athlete, looking after your star player, right? You mm-hmm. are your star player. And so if you know that something's off, well, you need to address that right away. Because if we do not yeah. address it, if we ignore the problem, it's going to get worse. Yeah. And that is, yep. I, since I started this work and my journey of healing, of, of growth, I recognize times where I would get these responses and I would push it down, right? Like, like most yeah, oh men yeah. out there, they're probably laughing right now because that is what we do. We just push it, but we just push this as far down as possible. Hopefully it doesn't come back up. The mm-hmm. problem is when you start doing the work, there's areas of your life where you're, you master and you're like, cool, did this, mm-hmm. I'm healed in that area. Well, one of those things that you buried is going to pop back up and it's going to be like, cool, now this one. And that was hard at first to recognize Mm -hmm. that this is a journey that healing will take the rest of my life. It's not, Oh, there's there's nothing that I can do to just be like, boom, it's all fixed. How has that been for you and your practice and for you as an individual when you are addressing the the healing patterns. Yeah. Oh my gosh, because it's so human to want that answer and that fix and to check the box, <laughs> right? We have this strong desire, like I've done it. Why am I not healed? Why am I not feeling better? And so a lot of my work is that psychoeducation for people around that, that it is not just this linear achieved destination that it's, you know, unicorns and ponies and rainbows from here on out. A lot of the work is the education around, again, shifting your relationship to discomfort, to your emotions, to your trauma, fill in the blank, whatever it is, so that you feel more empowered and have more agency in dealing with it. And I have to remind myself of that. I'm really good at teaching and and talking to others about it. (laughs) But because again, I'm human, I have to remind myself of that too, that it's not linear, that sometimes I don't want to do the work. Honestly, you know, I've got the tools. I know what I'm quote unquote supposed to do, but I don't want (laughs) to. And that's also very human. So understanding how it ebbs and flows allows me that grace that we talked about earlier too. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, when when you're speaking and just through this conversation, I'm I'm starting to think about how we we don't grow in our comfort zone, right? Mm -hmm. And so... I wonder if there's a correlation too with when we are dealing with our our mental health, when we're dealing with our our overall wellness, and we're we're having this battle. And this is the first time I'm thinking of this, but I I'm curious if when we are dealing with something, 
are we closer to the version of the person that mm-hmm. we want to be in that moment of of struggle opposed to when everything is nice and easy and we haven't mm-hmm. had anything going on are we closer to to growth in that moment because we understand and recognize there's something going on Hmm. Yeah. I mean, I think about this a lot with, and this will resonate because you're an athlete as well, but you know, time under tension when you're trying to build muscle, you don't just do like one rep of bicep curls and you're swole and off you go. <laughs> yeah. Time under tension. How does that fit emotionally, mentally, psychologically? We can give up, you know, it can feel like it breaks us or we can dig deep in these inherent strengths that all of us have and meet that tension with something different. And over time, doing so can only make us stronger and more resilient. And yeah, so I completely buy into this idea. Yeah, yeah. And so I I just want to encourage someone that is growing through something in the moment, right? And, And you're like, man, I don't know if I can handle this anymore. And it just seems like you're just trying to keep your head above water now, right? Those waves are splashing over you and you're, you're doggy paddling, you're kicking, you're fighting. You are closer to the person mm-hmm. that you are called to be in those moments, right? And it, when you grow through that, you now have a tool that you'll be able to navigate through life with and help somebody else through that exact thing that you mm-hmm. just grew through. And so I try to embrace it and it's not easy, mm-hmm. right? I try to embrace it as best I can. I know when I was younger, I used to complain about it because I didn't want this responsibility. I didn't want this burden. That's how I viewed it. And now I, I take it and and my perspective has shifted to, I understand I'm called to do this work. I understand that I'm called to be greater and to be the best version of myself, whatever that looks like. And in doing so, I have to heal through past trauma. Mm -hmm. I have to grow forward and not Mm -hmm. go backwards. And again, I give myself grace in in moments daily, right? But I've found that it, it does allow me to relax a lot more understanding that, hey, tough times, they're going to come, but they don't last. Mm-hmm. And I can move forward and then and grow for the next responsibility, that next layer, that next level, because there's going to be new issues, new problems at that level mm-hmm. that if I didn't grow through the past problems, I wouldn't be here. You can take that as I deserve this in this moment because mm-hmm. I know I can I know I can beat this because I've mm-hmm. done it in the past. And Juliet, I know that what you're growing through in this moment, I know you can beat this because mm-hmm. you're you're here. We're having this conversation. You've already mm-hmm. done this. You continue to to grow through every situation and problem that you faced. And this is just one extra battle. You're in the ring mm-hmm. with just one extra opponent and you're mm-hmm. going to knock that one down and you're going to keep moving forward. And And I'm grateful that you are sharing this with us today because mm-hmm. it, it means a lot to me to be able to have this this authentic type conversation with you. Mm. Me too. And to me, that's, it's so helpful. I mean, I, I, I don't know how to really do superficial, <laughs> even though sometimes again, as a person with a highly sensitive trait, empath, whatever you want to call it, sometimes I crave that. I'm like, gosh, it must be nice to just be like... <laughs> 
ignorant and surface level and all these words that feel like appealing to me about the opposite of being a feeler. But, and I know that this is actually like one of my superpowers, you know, it's, it's what makes me able to be in the ring with somebody else and journey alongside them in their own path to healing and growth and balance. And it just makes me more present to life. So I know that it's a superpower, but I always remind clients of that too, that the the light and the dark of everything, you know, the blessing and the curse or whatever, but it's how we leverage the parts that allow us to feel kind of more empowered and recognize it as a strength that helps us navigate. Absolutely. Absolutely. There's, there's always going to be an ember or, you know, some sort of light when we're in those dark times, we just have to hang on and hold on to that hope. And I know, Mm -hmm. especially today where, you know, numbers of mental health cases are increasing, suicide rates are increasing. I'm getting calls on a regular basis from family members or friends about these topics and issues. And my hope is that we continue to share the message that guys, like you are not alone. And Mm -hmm. the fact that you are feeling like you are alone, that is whatever you believe Mm -hmm. in, an energy, a source that you are connected to in this moment that wants you to feel like that. It wants you to, to give in to that feeling. And I encourage you to keep fighting and to stay here because there's a purpose. There's a purpose for your life. You wouldn't be attacked right now if there was no purpose, right? It's, it would be much easier Mm -hmm. to just leave you alone if there was nothing more for you to give, but there is something more for you. And that is why you are experiencing what you are experiencing. And so I just mm-hmm. encourage you to, to hold on to that hope because I, I know when you get out through the other side, you will understand why you went through that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, it's hard for some people to, it's hard for some people to make meaning out of yeah. struggle. Yeah. And that's also okay to kind of, you know, in the earlier stages of healing or recovery or whatever, because sometimes it really is just about survival and getting through. And then, yes, I mean, I, I agree. There's always something that comes out of it where it, it sort of makes it quote unquote, make sense. That's that simplifies it, but some meaning we can make out of it or, but that doesn't always happen right away. And that doesn't mean that there's not still a purpose to your journey of healing and recovery. And yeah, it's just, we're not alone, you know, and that's, I think that's both your mission. My mission is really just these conversations are to peel back these layers that society has put on us of acting like everything's okay, acting like we have it all together. And it's okay that we don't. And sharing in conversation with each other, reaching out for help is actually the most incredibly brave and authentic and vulnerable thing we can do. Yes. I agree 100%. It's, it is saying, Hey, I'm not okay. That is the first step. And it's powerful. There's power Mm -hmm. in in that. Thank you. Thank you for saying that. I know we Mm -hmm. haven't had much time to talk about your book, and I don't want to do it a disservice. um, But please share a quick synopsis of what people can expect when reading your, your book. 
Yeah, thank you. So the book is called Who You Calling Crazy? The Journey from Stigma to Therapy and very intentionally named my way of, of sort of reclaiming the language. We use a lot of pathologizing, dismissive, stigmatizing language. So it's it's written in three parts. Part one being defining stigma, things that we do to perpetuate it and how we can stop. Part two is all of the FAQs that I, I consistently get about therapy and therapists. So really pulling back the curtain on what does therapy really look like as one option and path to wellness. And then it includes some scripts and things like that. And then part three is a little taste of therapy. So it's really this trajectory of taking readers from curiosity to action to really tending to their mental health. Mm, I love that. I love that. Mm, thank you. I can't wait to actually Thanks. dive in because I have yeah. not read it yet. So uh, yeah, I got to get you one. Yeah, it's been fun. And you know, again, just from my own mental health perspective, really interesting process of writing it and then now having it out in the world and you know, the imposter syndrome and all this stuff that comes up. It's the way that I talk. I mean, it's very casual, conversational, relatable, real. And I, I hope that even just having a few people feel that nudge towards reaching out to somebody. I mean, that's really that's the whole purpose of it. Yeah, yeah. I love that. Thank you, man. This was such an amazing time. Yeah. And I, I looked at the time. I was like, oh, man. Wow. I know. I know. Wow. We, we're going to do it again, though. We're going to do it again. <laughs> we have to. We have to. Uh, Juliet, where can our listeners follow you? How can we support you? Sure. Thanks. So I own a group practice called Sun Counseling and Wellness, and we have therapists that can see clients in North Carolina, Florida, South Carolina, and New York, um, and in person in North Carolina and Charlotte. So, and then my personal or my, my brand Instagram business Instagram is yep. I go to therapy. So, uh, you know, we have a good time over there. Use some humor, lots of psychoeducation, and I just love to connect with followers in that platform. So yeah. Thank you. I love it. I love it. Thank you all. We want to thank our sponsors for making this possible. We want to thank our listeners for continuing to support us. Without you, none of this would be possible. As always, you know, we end every episode with an affirmation and it is that time. So I'm going to say mm -hmm. I am and we will have you complete that affirmation for yourself. Does that work? Yeah. Perfect. Perfect. I am enough. I am enough. I am enough. I love that. Thank you again, Juliet, you. for taking this time, blessing yeah. me with your presence and with your journey. And I'm so grateful to be on this journey with you. And I will continue to support everything that you have going on. Me too. Thank you. I appreciate you. Yes, of course. All right, guys. That is a wrap. Until next time, I love y'all. Peace. Thanks so much for tuning in. I want to give another huge thank you to our sponsor, Deck Leadership, for making this episode possible. If you thought of someone while you were listening, send this to them. We want as many people as possible to hear this message, improve their mental health, and know that they are not alone. Please leave us a rating and review wherever you're listening. And don't forget to tag us on Instagram at Mentally Shredded Podcast with your biggest takeaway so we can thank you for being part of this movement. Remember, together we can change the stigma. It takes all of us.